are the vaccines failing? And what about the mandates? And will you be forced to take the jab? You're listening to your radio activists on the Mark Harrington Show, and you're going to get answers to every one of those questions today. The Mark Harrington Show is brought to you by Created Equal, and you can donate to Created Equal by going to createdequal.org. Well, I survived COVID. You might be wondering why you haven't seen me a whole lot on social media in the last three weeks. And the reason is I contracted COVID. That's right. Yours truly got COVID, and I've been battling that uh, for the last three weeks, and I'm on the mend. I'm still not 100%, but we're uh, pretty much back to normal here. And we're thankful for um, some of the uh, resources that were made available to us. And we're going to be talking about that today here on the program. Uh, if you want to find mo out more about my COVID experience, if that's something you're interested in and what I learned through uh, getting COVID and surviving COVID, you can go to my Facebook page at Mark Harrington Show. And I've got a couple of uh, quick videos there where I talk about uh, what what I went through over that couple of weeks and and, you know, just some suggestions from someone who's actually had COVID and survived it. Uh, we contracted COVID in New York City as I was leading our team of outreach, uh, our interns there in New York. And uh, on the way home is when everyone started getting sick. So uh, unfortunately, about thir 13 of our 20 travelers all got COVID. So it pretty much slammed Created Equal pretty hard. Uh, but the good news is everybody survived, had mostly mild cases. I would consider mine a mild case, in fact, but it was still pretty rough there for a few days. So if you're interested in finding out more a little bit about my um, COVID experience, you can just go to my Facebook page at the Mark Carrington Show. So today on the program, um, we have our whistleblower back because I wanted to update people about the COVID virus and the vaccines and the mandates and all the stuff that's been happening since the last time I had the whistleblower on the program. And the reason why I wanted to bring her back on is because I really want to be a lot more practical this time. We've talked about, you know, the threats of the vaccines and what, what they can do to, to pregnant mothers and their babies. Uh, some of the things that are happening as far as people's um, reactions to the vaccine, the deaths and so forth. Those are all true. And if you want to find out more about that kind of stuff, you can go back into the archives of the Mark Harrington show. And I have two other episodes in which I interviewed the uh, the whistleblower. But today we really want to talk about what's going on now. And I really want to make it more practical because a lot of people are coming down with COVID. They're getting infected and they're asking, what can I do? How do I how do I stay well? How do I survive COVID? In fact, I was shocked about how many people texted me and, and messaged me asking me for advice. You know, I'm no expert here. I just happened to survive. I guess what, what I took from that was this, that people don't trust anybody. <laughs> they, they, if they're asking me what they should do about their COVID situation, then that tells me there's not a whole lot of confidence out there from what they're getting from, you know, the mainstream media and just the medical community uh, uh, as well. And they, they'd rather turn to a guy like myself who is, you know, just I, I'm not an expert on COVID. I just happen to survive it. Uh, and I do have some ideas about it. But that's why I wanted to bring the uh, whistleblower back on today to actually get real practical about COVID, 
about the, the new variant and the vaccinations and what we might be seeing coming down the road here with mandates. So uh, without further ado, I want to welcome the whistleblower back on the program. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me, Mark. So let's get started here um, to set the stage to make sure that people understand that you're not just some random person that I pulled off the street here uh, and gave you the name whistleblower. Uh, there's a reason why you're a whistleblower. You, you need to keep your uh, profile low uh, and, and because of what's happening for those who are telling the truth about the COVID vaccines and all that's going on with the Delta variant and stuff. Uh, people are losing their jobs and things like that. So that's why we want to keep your uh, your identity anonymous. But just to be clear, folks, uh, our whistleblower has serious credibility. She's a U.S. Army veteran. She has a Bachelor of Science in Molecular Biology. She has a Master of Science in Nanoscience and Microsystems. She has a Ph.D. in Engineering focusing on nanoscience. And she's a virologist. So, and beyond that, she sits on the COVID-19 task force. So she's constantly going through the data um, that's made public by the government regarding COVID-19. So I just want to get that out there that we're talking to somebody who knows what they are talking about. So let's start out with uh, some of the questions. And, and these are ones that I've gotten, you know, because I had COVID, but uh, this they're, they're calling the, the new variant or the new rise in COVID patients or, or COVID infections, the pandemic of the unvaccinated. What they're saying is they're blaming the unvaccinated for the rise of COVID cases. Is that true? Are you there? So I also saw that oh. pandemic of the unvaccinated and the 99% unvaccinated cases that was presented in the mainstream media previously. Um, Dr. Walensky actually changed her mind about that later when she got the current data. So the problem with that data is it was taken from as early as December, January. December, January, 99% of our population was unvaccinated anyway. Mm -hmm. um, to get accurate data, you would want to look probably at what's going on closer in time, right? right? If we want to look at, say, vaccine efficacy. Mm. And they've also, not only have they backtracked on that, they've backtracked on the transmission issue. They've come out and said that fully vaccinated people can transmit COVID, and they have been shown to transmit COVID. I don't know if you're aware of the Cape Cod outbreak, where there was a very high- No, why don't you tell us about that? So I, I do want to hear about that. I mean, so you, you yeah. see it all throughout. You see it, see it all throughout media. They're blaming the unvaccinated for the rise in infections. Is that a valid? I mean, obviously, blaming people altogether is probably a stupid thing to do. But um, they're blaming the unvaccinated people like myself who have had COVID and and are protected against COVID, and others who haven't been right. haven't gotten COVID who haven't gotten vaccinated. They're blaming us for the rise in cases. Is is that a valid uh, argument to make? Absolutely not. That's absolutely not a valid argument. Um, what we know about the vaccines is that no sterilizing immunity is induced. That means that the vaccines do not block infection, 
There's um, cases reported in the peer-reviewed literature that show that vaccinated people and unvaccinated people have the same viral load. That means they have the same amount of virus in their upper, upper respiratory tract and are just as likely to transmit the virus. So stop there for the lay people in the audience. So if you've had the vaccine or you've not had the vaccine, when you contract, when you come across COVID, you'll have the same viral load. Is that what you're saying? That's what's reported in the literature. Yes. Initially, there were some studies showing that vaccinated people had a slightly lower viral load. And this was very close to when they received the vaccinations. So some mm. more recent studies have shown that the vaccine-induced immunity might wane at about six months. However, one of the doctors in my group, one of my colleagues, has reported to me that he had 50 cases in fully vaccinated people come into his where he does his treatment. And some of them received their shots as soon as, as early as last month. So he's seeing people that were vaccinated in December through June at his practice. He's not hmm. seeing this waning immunity over time. So is this just a, a moving of the goalposts, you know, because early on it was like, just get vaccinated. The government was saying, if you're vaccinated, you're going to be protected against COVID. Uh, even Joe Biden came out, basically declared victory over the COVID virus and so on and so forth in May, I think it was, and said that you didn't need to wear a max, mask if you're vaccinated. And now we see these spike in cases and we've seen people who are vaccinated getting COVID and they're changing the the rules of the of engagement, basically, by saying, well, no, no, that's not true. Vax, the vaccines didn't really stop COVID. They just going to lessen the severity of your uh, infection and keep you from dying. That's what we're kind of hearing. Uh, would right, you respond right. to that? Is that, is that right? And we'll, so explain why that's going on, if you could. So if we're based, say the foundation is that 99% are unvaccinated, but we're seeing a decrease in hospitalizations and a decrease in deaths. How can they possibly attribute it to the vaccine when all those cases are in the unvaccinated? See, mm -hmm. they're, House of Cards has just fallen in on itself. You can see the fallacy right there. So let um, me ask you this. I mean, the vaccine was originally de designed to to come up, up against the COVID-19 virus. And now you have the Delta, so-called Delta virus. Um, are we seeing as this is are we seeing the rise of the Delta variant and the fact that these vaccines are unable to protect against that? I mean, is the so Delta variant is a Delta variant a thing? And is it the, that the the, vir the the vaccines are incapable of stopping it? There are other reports in the peer-reviewed primary literature that show also um, vaccinated people with the alpha variant also contracting COVID. So it appears that even alpha variant is able to cause breakthroughs. However, I think it's important to note that the Delta variant does have three mutations in the spike protein. The spike protein was the target of the vaccine. So there are three new little spots on that spike that were not in the original alpha variant, which could possibly contribute to vaccine. Is the alpha cases. variant the original COVID-19 virus? Correct. Yes. Okay. So go back and kind of walk us through here. You've got the alpha variant or the original COVID-19 has the spike protein. The delta variant has additional deal something going on explain what that is and why it's uh why the vaccines aren't stopping so the vaccines are made to induce immunity and to teach your immune system to recognize that covid viral spike based on the genome that was released back in december 
January timeframe. Mm -hmm. um, now we have the Delta variant, which has three differences in that little spike. And the antibodies recognize this, this antigen or the spike protein and a sort of lock and key type of mechanism. So if there's changes in the lock, the key is not going to fit as well anymore. That doesn't mean that it's totally going to be effective or ineffective. It just means there are less places that the antibodies could potentially recognize. So the difference between the Delta variant and the Alpha variant, if you would, and again, in layman's terms, because it, you know, I didn't get tested for COVID. I knew I had COVID. But when I go right. to get tested for COVID, they don't say, you had the Delta variant. I mean, how do they even no. know the thing exists? And how do they know that that is the, the new you know, wave of infections? I'm glad you brought that up. Because the fact is, if you go for a COVID test, most of the time, they are not sending your sample in for sequencing. Sequencing the genome of the virus is the only way that we'll be able to tell which variant you have. The vast majority of cases are not being sequenced. So when they say on the news, 90 something percent are the Delta variant, they don't know how many of the total cases are the Delta variant. They know that percentage of the ones that they were able to sequence okay. are that variant. And typically, I believe they're only going to sequence the people who are hospitalized or have severe COVID. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's because, you know, I, I assume I got the Delta variant, but I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right. yeah. Most of us so the no vaccine idea. that originally, as it was designed, handled the Alpha variant, but won't handle necessarily the Delta variant. Is that true statement? Not necessarily. We also saw breakthroughs in fully vaccinated people that did not have any of the variants. So it's okay. not so even the original. Gotcha. All right. So let's yeah. let's talk a little bit about. Um, uh, reinfections, because I was very curious about this. Uh, you know, there's a lot of information out there. It's all very confusing to me. But because I have now had COVID and, you know, I have the antibodies, what are the rates of reinfection for those of us who have had COVID and survived? It looks like the reinfection rates are very low, even less than 1%. It's hard mm -hmm. to tell right now because we don't have complete data and the time frame is still very short that even the time that COVID has even existed is very short. Um, there was a case study in Israel that was put out and it showed that a significant number of vaccinated people were infected, whereas they had a couple of um, people that had recovered from COVID. Those people were not reinfected in that one case study. So there is some data suggesting that you will be protected, at least in the short term. And I think this is a really practical question, too. Uh, for someone like myself, who I think really had more or less a mild case. In other words, I had no breathing problems. I didn't, you know, I didn't have to go to the hospital and receive oxygen or anything like that. But, I mean, it was a pretty bad situation of a fl bad flu in my case. But there are a lot of right. people who claim that, you know, their, their case, they only had, they lost smell or taste. And maybe that's it. Or they just had congestion or a cold and that was it. Does the severity of your uh, infection uh, give you more immunity uh, up against, say, a very, very mild case? Because the reason I ask that folks that were on our team in New York City when we traveled, those who might have had a milder case ended up recontracting COVID. And those who might have been, had it a year or so ago also got COVID. But those with more recent case uh, of it, or had a more, you know, severe case did not. 
So explain that whole thing, the reinfection issue, if you would. So what we've seen with the previous six human coronaviruses is that they'll come in waves over time and no long-term immunity is ever established. But that's okay. not necessarily a bad thing. Another, it's more complicated than this, but another issue that people overlook is they always think about antibodies cause immunity, but there's mm -hmm. a whole other part of your immune system, cellular immunity or your T cells that are actually, that's actually a more important response for fighting COVID is having the high levels of T cells in your upper respiratory tract that can clear the virus. And sometimes like with little kids, they can have such a strong T cell response in their upper respiratory tract that they won't even have antibodies and they don't need them. They've cleared the virus. I see. So it is. Yeah, it's a lot so, more complicated I mean, than that. So we have antibodies, we have T cells. Explain again the difference there, because we talk about antibodies. I have the antibodies, apparently, I guess. But that's not necessarily a, a guarantee against getting COVID. That's what you're telling me, right? Correct, correct. There's also some studies in the published literature. This is one of the concerns I had for the vaccines. There's some studies that showed that higher levels of antibodies um, in hospitalized patients were tied to a worse worst clinical outcome. So sometimes higher levels of antibodies can be a detriment to you, especially um, as we know with some other viruses like dengue and even we've seen in SARS-1 and MERS, the virus can use those antibodies against you. Um, so mm -hmm. it's kind of a balanced system. That's one of the reasons why we were concerned about actually using vaccines that would induce antibodies because sometimes having antibodies is not a good thing. Sometimes those antibodies can actually turn on you and attack and cause your immune system to attack your, your own tissues. My guest today is the whistleblower. Uh, this is the third episode that I've had her on the program. And today we're talking a little more on the practical level about COVID-19, uh, the new variant, the Delta variant, and also the vaccines. And hopefully we can get to some of the, um, Unfortunately, some of the mandates that seem to be heading our way. Uh, the whistleblower uh, sits in the on the COVID nineteen task force. She's a virologist, has a PhD, a master, and a bachelor of science, and um, is an expert in the field here. Uh, if you would, let's let's move on to some of the treatment. Uh, this is where it gets really practical, and a lot of people are asking me what they should do. I was very, I was really taken aback by that, honestly. I mean, with all the information out there on how to treat COVID, I don't know why people were asking me, but <laughs> they kind of, I guess they trust me in some ways. They don't, they, they, I guess they, they probably see that I don't, I'm not going to just buy the party line easily, <laughs> which is mm -hmm. true. I won't. I'm very skeptical of our government. There's good reason for that. I mean, <laughs> We had three years of a Russian hoax where they were trying to impeach the president of the United States based on no evidence whatsoever. And then we had the um, the bogus impeachment hearings and uh, and then, the, of course, the n November elections and all of that stuff. It's kind of hard to have a whole lot of confidence in government. I don't care if it's the Centers for Disease Control or the FDA. Uh, when I hear government, I automatically have a very skeptical ear to that. But maybe that's why people were asking me. But that said, the prevention and treatment against COVID-19. Uh, lots of people have taken the vaccine. I don't want to go down the road of whether they should or not. I don't think it's a good idea. And we could talk about that, too. But for those of us like myself who are not going to and didn't, what kind of treatment, what kind of prevention measures can we take? And if we get uh, covid what are the good treatment measures we can take? 
Okay, so I would like to mention I am an academic scientist. I am not your doctor. My opinions right. are my own. Um, <laughs> our discussion here is for education and debate, not a substitute for diagnosis or treatment from a licensed physician. But that being said, a lot of the physicians in my group and myself included, many people I've known have had success in early treatment. That means as soon as you get your first symptom, whether it be a headache or a cough or a fever, get on early treatment right away with ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, very high levels of vitamin D. I've seen um, even up yes, to- Let's stop right there, if you would. Uh -huh. I want you to explain each one of those. What is ivermectin? Ivermectin is an anti-parasitic drug. It's actually been approved for many, many years. Um, in other developing countries where they have open pharmacy, people have been using it to treat COVID on their own. I don't know if you've noticed, we've had a much higher death rate in the US than many developing countries have had. And that's probably attributed to them being able to go and obtain ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine from the open pharmacies. So why, why are we seeing success with ivermectin? What does it do to the COVID virus? There is some research that suggests that it might be able to block the viral entry into your cells. Um, I think it's true mechanism of action is still up in the air. I don't know if you're aware of this, but most of the drugs that we take, the mechanisms of action are just theoretical. We really have no idea how, how they work. Okay. Um, so, well, I but, can tell you this, when I started on ivermectin, which was like almost five days into the COVID, uh, my COVID infection, I began to see improvement um, mm -hmm. for sure. Uh, so I, 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 I'm fully in support of people getting ivermectin and I'm going to give out websites so people can pick this this drug up as well as hydroxychloroquine. I did not start that drug until about three days in. I know you're supposed to start it sooner, but talk about a hydroxychloroquine. I mean, it's gotten a bad rap, unfortunately, I think, because mm -hmm. Donald Trump said he took it. <laughs> Once he said he took it, everybody said, oh, you know, that can't work. Or once he said he supported, you know, getting it out there and having people use it for treatment, it somehow changed everybody's opinion of the drug. But that said, uh, mm -hmm. tell us about hydroxychloroquine. Hydroxychloroquine seems to regulate the immune system. A lot of times when people get severe COVID, it's because of a severe reaction by their immune system, especially in the upper respiratory tract. Um, mm -hmm. Vladimir Zelenko actually treated many, many patients with hydroxychloroquine, hydroxychloroquine early on, and he was really hammered for it. He actually treated President Donald Trump and had some success with hydroxychloroquine. We're still seeing um, that it does seem to be effective. So we've got ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, which are prescriptive drugs. You're going to have to get a doctor's prescription. Correct. And how can people do that? I mean, I, I know how we did it. We went to uh, myfreedoctor.com, America's Frontline Doctors, where you can have a, a virtual, uh, you know, basically a doctor's visit with them to authorize that. Are those the two good places to get those drugs? Yes, those are two very good places that you can be able to do through telemedicine, um, a virtual a virtual assessment, and you can have the prescriptions mailed to you, I believe. And would you suggest people stock stocking it up in the events that they get COVID? Because some of these folks say it's a good preventative, too, to take if you start feeling any of the symptoms of COVID. Right. Some some are suggesting using it um, as a prophylactic, like taking a small dose every week. That's still debatable. Mm -hmm. Some of the doctors are saying that's not such a good idea. But the earlier, the better you can get these things on board. So it, it might okay. be a good idea if you can do that, if possible, especially if you're high risk. 
Okay. In addition, you were talking about some of the vitamins and other supplements. If you would um, round those off. Right. Vitamin D, higher vitamin D levels are tied to lower COVID positive test results. If you're already sick for treatment, I've heard that you can take up to 200,000 international units. Of vitamin D. Of vitamin D, if you're already sick, yes. Okay. And vitamin C, I took vitamin C, I took magnesium and zinc. Are those both recommended as well? Right, yes. Zinc is also recommended 50 milligrams once or twice a day of zinc. And what does the zinc help with? Zinc is really good for all viruses, cold viruses, flu, anything. Zinc is um, also used as a cofactor by some of your enzymes, and it can help your immune system. Another thing you can take is quercetin. Okay. That's a supplement. You can get it at GNC. Okay. And what does that do? Just for prophylactic. That also will help your immune system to fight the virus. All right. Well, you've been listening to your radio activists here on the Mark Harrington Show today, and my um, I've had the whistleblower back on the program here. This is the third episode, talking about some of the practical aspects of uh, what's going on with the uh, the new variant, some of the vaccine uh, issues with the vaccines. Uh, we didn't get to the mandates. We're going to get to that in a uh, in a additional program here. But folks, if you want to get a hold of some of these drugs to have on hand, if you uh, contract COVID. You can go to americasfrontlinedoctors.org and myfreedoctor.com, set up a virtual uh, meeting with a physician and get these drugs prescribed to you in the event that you get COVID. So we'll see you next time. God bless you. God bless America. And remember America, to bless God. You've been listening to Mark Harrington, your radio activist. For more information on how to make a difference for the cause of life, liberty, and justice, go to createdequal.org. To follow Mark, go to markharringtonshow.com. Be sure to tune in next time for your marching orders in the culture war.